Welcome, this is Coppercasts, a show dedicated to exploring the wonderful and technical world of institutional investment into digital assets. We're your hosts, Simon Morgan and Frankie Ganidis. Today, we're speaking with David Lowe, Head of Financial Products and Wealth Management at Bybit. Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to uh, this latest edition of Coppercasts. Delighted to be joined by my good friend, Fragiskos Gonidis, otherwise known as Frankie, um, who heads our Financial Risk and Asset Optimization Group, and also David Lowe from our um, one of our best partners, uh, Bybit, who are obviously a member of our Clearloop Exchanges. So why don't we start off with a brief description about who you are, where you've come from, et cetera, et cetera. So David, please tell us your background and, and what you do at Bybit. Thank you, Simon and Frankie. It's uh, great to be here. Uh, this is David. I'm from Bybit. I'm the head of uh, financial products and uh, wealth management. So basically, I run the uh, wealth management and earn product at Bybit. And uh, we also have the trading tools under my uh, arm. And also, I'm also looking after the financial logic for most of the foundational like systems and uh, infrastructure at Bybit. So before I've come to Bybit, I was working for a crypto market maker. Uh, I joined the crypto industry actually relatively late. I joined uh, early last year. And uh, before the crypto journey, I was in TradFi in East Asia for almost like uh, 14 years, mostly in investment banks, running equity trading desks at various firms. So that's pretty much about me. Great. Thank you for that. Mr. Ganides? Uh, yeah, similar to today, we, we started here just uh, one, one and a half years ago. Um, I've got 20 years of experience in traditional finance as well, uh, various banks and, and hedge funds, prime broker at risk, and most recently structural financing trading uh, for Bank of America when I, where I uh, stayed for 11 years. But then I moved again to the buy side, so a um, uh, few different places. Great. And um, finally, I'm Simon Morgan. I effectively run our clearly business here at Copper. Um, similar to these two, formerly uh, working on uh, in the traditional world, did 23 years as an institutional sales trader, most recently running sales trading at firms like Knight Capital Group, uh, KCG and Virtue Financial. Um, and I've been here for nearly, well, coming up two years, which is uh, quite remarkable. So why don't we kick off and... Um, talk about really why we have relationships with each other and that involves with Bybit sort of signing up to uh, us as a third party custodian. David, I'd love to know your thoughts about why you feel there is such growing demand from institutional clients for for third party custody and why it's important to Bybit. Yeah, sure. I think uh, after last year's events, especially after the collapse of FTX, uh, most of the institutional professional investors came to realize there's actually uh, quite a lot of counterparty risk in the uh, crypto world, not only in the exchanges, but also for uh, various uh, different venues. And uh, people used to have very high trust in the uh, top like uh, CFI exchanges, but it turns out uh, uh, there's not a safety mechanism in place to protect the assets. So the institutions want to have a solution to get a assurance or guarantee that their assets are safe. And uh, for Bybit, uh, given we are one of the top liquidity in the marketplace, uh, a lot of institutional players come to us in order to access the liquidity. So they also want to have a, a solution to tackle the counterpart risk, risk uh, side. 
And for uh, copper, I think uh, it is one of the earliest pioneer in the crypto third party custody. So that's an ideal solution for us uh, to solve this problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would just echo that in the sense that, you know, immediately after the FTX debacle at the end of uh, 22, Eugene and some of your colleagues hopped on a plane um, and came over to London and actually, you know, came and saw us straight away and said, look, we want to we want to integrate to Clearly, which was uh, hugely significant at that time um, and something we're obviously very grateful for. Uh, it really accelerated the growth of Clearly and why it's become you know, becoming a crucial part of market infrastructure for any institutional player. Um, you know, up until that point, as you say, clients had been taking outsized risk by um, depositing their assets on exchanges, even though most of us from the real world sort of understood that that was a, a, a silly sort of proposition. Um, but now, fortunately, we're in a position where infrastructure's improved, solutions like Clearloop have, have evolved and developed and grown, and therefore giving clients that much more um, sort of optionality about what to use. I mean, what I would throw to Frankie is maybe you can explain more about what Clearloop is, how it's developed and evolved, and it's more than just being an off-exchange platform. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, a couple of things that we have introduced to these, uh, to the enhanced, the second version of Clearloop, uh, which is basically the, the first one is that we have introduced an English law trust. Um, and by declaring that trust, um, you know, um, it basically makes like all of the assets that they are, we are holding in the trust, and that is the clients and the exchanges assets, um, they are in an insolvency remote vehicle. Um, that, that's powerful for both, both sides, as you can imagine, like um, the, the clients and the exchanges, they, they can feel much more comfortable um, about um, collateralizing their positions. The second part is the fact that we are settling every four hours. And, and again, that, that means that you're reducing, you're eliminating, uh, eliminating your risk uh, every four hours. And the third point is that the exchanges, they, they have agreed to collateralize the, the positions that we are holding um, um, on behalf of our clients. Um, so not only we are guaranteeing the initial margin that is protected always, uh, held away from the exchanges, but, but on top, uh, we're making best efforts to guarantee the beta. And, uh, you know, obviously powerful for everybody who's trading mostly derivatives, but uh, even on for, for spot. David, do you have any thoughts on what Frankie's just said and the importance of of enhancing Clearloop to it to involve like legal trusts and, and so on? It's more than just a technical solution, that's a legal enforcement as well. Yeah, I think it's really uh, innovative and uh, also in some sense revolutionary to the to solve this problem because in uh, in the aftermath of FTX People are very uncomfortable with uh, the CFI uh, trading, and uh, Clearloop's uh, solution, the upgraded version two, actually uh, uh, reduced a lot of the concerns in this regard. And uh, given that, I think we are seeing a lot of institutional interest actually pick up uh, this year. Some of the uh, largest names, the most well-known names, are actually coming back to crypto world because of the Clearloop solutions. Yeah, I, I would agree, David. And, and I find it somewhat frustrating that the industry, every conference any of us go to, of which there are far too many, and we all agree on that, it, it's the same topic of conversation. 
and that is asset security and off-exchange settlement solutions. And that's fine, and we've got plenty to talk about. But I think it's something it's somewhat disingenuous for clients to stand there and say that there aren't solutions in place. There absolutely are. And, and let's be clear, crypto is an industry which isn't perhaps as big as it thinks it is. And I think the infrastructure is in place to actually allow clients to mitigate those risks versus exchanges if, if they wish to do so. And they should be honest and say it's a choice. Some people choose not to, some people choose to, but it's disingenuous to say that there aren't solutions. And it's not just clearly, by the way, there are other solutions in the marketplace um, and everyone should you know, assess and, and make their own decision. But um, barring a few large exchanges who we all know who they are, most of the sensible players in the industry who, who take asset security seriously have signed up to these solutions, of which Bybit have been you know, at the forefront of that. So, so we apl applaud you for that and are very grateful. Dave, I wanted to, to hear your thoughts, especially on the on the four-hour settlement windows, because in my eyes and you know in Simon's eyes, I think it's it's quite um, uh, a big thing. It's revolutionary, um, and you know especially compared to uh, traditional markets that you have to wait a couple of days to to settle something. You know that that it's it's huge, and I wanted to hear your your thoughts on that. Yeah, actually. Uh... This, uh, this feature uh, fits the uh, crypto nature perfectly uh, because in crypto, uh, the asset trades 24-7. There's no weekend, there's no holiday, uh, there's no like uh, market breaks. So uh, the market is continuously moving. So you have the exposure constantly, continuously. It's not like in traditional finance, you have a few days like a weekend or a long holiday to meet a margin call. In, in the in the industry, people see from like last year's FTX debacle, sometimes the window is just a few hours. So the four-hour settlement window actually reduced most of the counterparty risk because you have a high-frequency margin call system in place for the counterparty to post the collateral. Otherwise, people, if they have the, uh, the margin call and they don't meet the margin call in the four-hour window, it's automatically triggered the liquidation, which will mostly reduce your counterpart risk uh, by this mechanism. So I think this is a, a very uh, uh, good solution for the nature of the crypto uh, uh, trading. Totally agree. And I wanted also to praise you guys for your, your automated um, uh, rebalancing in case of a margin call is, is remarkable, is, is excellent so far. It's very quick and efficient, so that that helps, especially when you know when we're talking about weekends and four o'clock in the morning margin call. That is that is uh, that is excellent. I have to say. I mean, what would I would add to that is is look, crypto exchanges generally get a bad rep in the industry, um, not just within crypto, but it, but externally in the traditional financial world. But the reality is, you know, we're building and demonstrating a system here which is risk reducing and is in many ways more powerful than what happens in the traditional financial world. And for that, exchanges such as Bybit should be, should be applauded. You know, many in traditional finance sort of see crypto as a lab experiment to a degree. I mean, of course, we're involved in the asset class and want to see it grow and want to see it thrive. But in the sense that it can be seen as a lab experiment just shows, as we've just said, that you can settle down every four hours, you can risk reduce. And, and you imagine putting that back into the real world where you know, all that trapped capital can get released and banks can be so much more efficient than they are today. Um, and we think it's really something that we should be shouting about and almost proves the blockchain infrastructure does 
make things better, faster, cheaper, particularly from an operational sense. Um, and, and, you know, I think our collaboration allows that to happen. You get total transparency, assets move on chain, et cetera, et cetera. So this is the, uh, this is the other thing I wanted to touch is transparency. I think with blockchain, with all of the, the, difficult, the different um, risk analytics that we've got in place and we can share with our clients, you can pretty much see uh, real time your assets there, the, the, the assets in that, that trust, uh, the margin call, uh, the amount of margin call, the, mar- the margin call timing, um, the assets moving in and out of the, of the, the trust. So um, you can, we can be as transparent as possible. Everything is there to see real, real time. David, how's about I throw it back to you and, and maybe you can explain or, or describe other ways in which Bybit have sort of other measures you've taken at Bybit to improve transparency, et cetera, et cetera, for your client base. Sure. So uh, for us, I think uh, in the uh, wake up call of FTX last year, so the exchanges started to publish the uh, so-called proof of reserve. We have the regular update of our proof of reserve. So that's number one. And for number two, uh, we actually is one, we are one of the few exchanges who have actual physical offices in the major hubs of crypto, like in Hong Kong, Singapore, Dubai. And uh, we welcome the counterparts and the stakeholders and our clients to visit us. That's also mentioned by our CEO Ben uh, various times through our like AMA and uh, the off, uh, offline activities. And third, uh, for my own like uh, uh, areas of uh, responsibility, uh, we are actually one of the first exchanges to onboard a third-party independent market maker to provide the product on our platform. So in, by doing this way, I think we avoided the, the uh, conflict of interest, and we also demonstrated transparency of our the, the nature of our business. We are running the business in a very professional way. Great, thank you for that. Um, I mean, w- w- we think all the things Bybit are doing are um, are helpful in moving the industry forward, and 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 you know, I really appreciate your collaboration. So that's great. Um, so why don't we try and talk about something a bit more exciting and fun, um, and think about things that we believe can help the institutional adoption of crypto further. I mean, if we think look back to twenty one and early twenty two when prices were flying high and every large multi-strat hedge fund in the world was trying to get involved and et cetera, et cetera. Now, all of that took a large pause after all the events of 2022. Um, but it does feel like institutions, whether they're large asset managers, hedge funds, et cetera, are sort of gearing up to to try again in this asset class. Um, but David, why don't I ask you, what do you think are some themes that we can, we as an industry can sort of show to demonstrate why institutional adoption should in, should increase? Yeah, I think uh, the, the industry itself is already proven as a major asset class. Uh, the institutions start to come to uh, hold crypto assets in large quantities starting from 2020. But like you mentioned, because of the uh, events of last year, the process was con- kind of stopped. But this year, I think one of the major themes is about uh, uh, liquid staking of the Ethereum. So after the ETH 2.0 upgrade, it become a yield generating asset. And that's, I think it's also very appealing for a lot of institutions. But with the uh, liquid staking, uh, the institutions want to improve the capital efficiency. 
So they want to have the uh, STETH to use as a collateral in order to trade uh, various other assets. I think for Bybit, we are working with the institution and also with the uh, copper to enable this uh, collateralization of STTH and facilitate the institution to trade on our platform with a greater capital efficiency. 100%. I think we, um, I say exactly the same thoughts as you. We've got similar background as well on the, on the structured uh, trades and, you know, it's such a it's a powerful concept to have your collateral uh, yielding four or five percent, and you could even take it further steps down. You can even hedge it so that you could create some sort of stable coin, uh, synthetic stable coin, and get probably your yield up to ten percent. Um, and so you are not only you are hedged, and in terms of market risk, but you also hedge counterparty risk wise. Given the given the, the clear loop structure, so you know uh, I think in an environment where you know, right now U.S. Treasuries are, are yielding whatever five percent is, I think that that concept is powerful for institutional investors, and you know it can you know as you said uh, optimize capital and uh, enhance the, the 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 returns the yield. And just to bring it back to both our firms, you know the the, the infrastructure that we've created i.e. Clearloop, connecting with the Bybit UTA account enables those trades to happen because the assets do not move. Therefore, you could stake them in copper custody and at the same time delegate those assets to the Bybit UTA, which is a cross-collateral account and allows you then to open positions accordingly. And I think that in itself is the infrastructure which the industry needs to put on larger and bigger size trades. And, you know, you can get some pretty cool market-neutral strategies which are going to return 10% plus with taking very very minimal risk, um, and I think in in a in a in a world where you don't get as a strong a yield in a U.S. Treasury, then that is somewhat appealing. And and I think in time that more and more sort of clients will be looking to these sort of structures. And it's going to take you and Frankie and people in your seats to sort of help structure these for all the funds of the future, which are going to get in into this space. Yeah, and I think you know as a next step, I think we all collectively need to start pushing and be more vocal and, and uh, just give these options because I'm not sure how many people uh, realize that these sort of structures, they are already in place and they can they can tap into. So I think we need to be more vocal and push these solutions to, to, to our clients collectively. Yeah, I agree because I think uh, uh, from the market point of view, I saw these arbitrage opportunities uh, from uh, April, May. But actually, most of the institutional players, they don't know there is a solution in place for them to uh, grab this uh, opportunity. So I think we need to promote uh, the infrastructure collaboration between us more actively. And uh, there's still a lot of money to be made this year, even in the like a relatively called uh, crypto winter, the low volatility environment. Totally agree. Totally. And it's not just Ethereum, by the way. There's You know, you can start spreading it down the... And the risk of other assets with, with, with strong staking yields, etc. So there's lots of things we can think about and, and try and bring to market, which, which is exciting. And that's why, well, we're very glad that, that you're at Bybit and hopefully driving this, this forward. Um, the other topic I thought, which is sort of linked to this, is, which is worth discussing, is, is the rise and changing nature of stable coins. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts of Bybit, you know, the sort of 
things you're thinking about and, and which sort of stable coins you're looking to list, etc. if that's going to change? Uh, yeah, I think on the stablecoin side, uh, what we are looking is actually uh, RWA. Uh, RWA is a very uh, hot topic this year because uh, previously in crypto world, if you hold uh, the stable coins, you are earning very unstable uh, yield. It really depends on the overall leverage in the system. But uh, with uh, RWA, uh, so-called real-world assets, you can actually get access through the stable coins to the real-world treasury assets. And that is yielding comfortably at 5% plus. Uh, at Bybit, we're actually working very uh, actively to onboard the RWA project. We will probably have a, a, a project launching later this quarter, and the users on Bybit will have the capability to access uh, real-world assets through our financial, uh, uh, the wealth management platform. Can you can you disclose a little bit more on the type of assets that you are, are thinking, or if it's money markets, if it's equity, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, so regarding the uh, upcoming, upcoming projects, uh, for the RWA side, like I mentioned, it's the U.S. Treasury, and uh, that will be a very large cap capacity asset, and uh, we are looking at the opportunity up to like hundreds of millions of dollars. I think there will be some uh, uh, rooms to collaborate with Copper as well, because we really need to have a solid custody solutions if we want to scale, scale up this uh, this big. And uh, the second uh, big class of uh, assets we're trying to uh, expand is the so-called structural product. So I'm sure, like Simon and Frankie, you're from uh, TradeFi background, just like me. We are very familiar with uh, the structural product in TradeFi world. But in crypto, it's actually a relative new or niche market. In the previous cycle, uh, the market has seen uh, growth of the so-called dual currency product. But actually, for the uh, more exotic stuff, people were still experimenting, especially in the DeFi project. But for Bybit, actually, we have a very solid uh, system in place to onboard third-party market maker to provide a structural product to our investors. We will have the first version of uh, exotic uh, structure product this week, so-called double wing. And later this quarter, we will have uh, two to three more uh, uh, exotic structures on our structure product uh, uh, platform. And the third direction for us is we want to improve the capital efficiency for our users, not only institutions, but also retail and the VIP clients. So we will enable the client to use our own product as a collateral to trade on Bybit platform. And the fourth direction uh, we are looking at is uh, uh, if you look at our Bybit wealth management uh, platform, we have a, a product called a fund pool. Basically, it's like a fund of a few uh, a selected uh, funds provided by the third-party fund managers. And uh, we will enable this uh, product to provide a different individual fund, just like a, a supermarket for a hedge fund or mutual fund. That's the fourth direction we are looking at. I mean, I would say just from our perspective, I mean, we've obviously not quite as advanced in terms of, uh, we're obviously not doing any wealth management stuff, but in terms of stable coins and, and yielding assets, I mean, at this point of the cycle, and again, this is what crypto allows you to do, unlike the traditional world, is hold, you shouldn't really be holding any idle asset right now that doesn't pay you some sort of return um, because there's plenty of opportunity out there. Now, we're working very hard with 
with a few select partners about how trying to get those into Clearloop um, to enable clients to delegate those as initial margin. You know, in various ways, there are, as you sort of alluded to, um, some solutions already out there. Uh, people tokenizing money market funds or or various other ways, actually just treasuries themselves directly. Um, and I don't want to push copper too much, but we're actually also working on a project in the UAE, which will hopefully enable us to tokenize um, US treasuries and other sort of instruments similar to that, and ultimately create some sort of repo type structure where you can borrow versus those assets, which we believe really, you know, it's designed uh, for sort of everybody to use. So they're not just crypto um, players, but also uh, traditional institutions at the same time. But I strongly believe that the way you get uh, a product like that off the ground is to speak to those clients who have a foot in both worlds, of which there are many, you know, who have sort of large digital asset divisions, but also have traditional funds too. And they really understand the benefit and the power that crypto rails can provide for, for solutions in, you know, in traditional finance. So look, you know, again, it, it speaks to the same sort of narrative, I think, of of crypto actually doing what it's designed to, i.e. blockchain infrastructure, making things cheaper, better, faster, etc. Um, and we're starting to see all this groundwork coming to fruition. So, you know, it's pretty exciting in that, in that perspective. Um, the last sort of major topic I wanted to really touch on was, was lending. And again, here at Copper, we really believe that this is the, the next thing that needs to really sort of reignite to get crypto... Um, up and going again. It's almost a fuel to get to, to, to make clients sort of engaged again. David, what thoughts have you got on the lending market and what have you seen in terms of changes ever since all the blow-ups of, of 22? Yeah, so I think lending is closely related to the counterparty risk we keep mentioning during the, this podcast. So in, in Bybit, we are actually very prudent on the risk management. So most of the lending we do is actually enable the, the counterparty to trade inside a Bybit platform. So the money never leaves a Bybit. So we're actually trying to improve the uh, lending mechanism, including the uh, lending interest rate. We want to make it more dynamic and more like a, a, a high, it's more like a, a dynamically adjusted by the supply and demand. And we also want to uh, increase or improve the uh, lending uh, capability at a Bybit while maintaining a very prudent risk management approach. And third, we also want to uh, make sure we, we have the uh, better utilization of client collateral to, for them to access the lending in Bybit. 100%. I think, you know, in my eyes, one of the main reasons of the, the recent, the recent um, drop in the volumes, but also in volatility in the markets, is the fact that the, the lending is not there. Um, and this is something that we all collectively need to, to push and improve. And you know, I, I, you know, all of these uh, type of solutions whereby you're taking risk management like in the, in the, um, uh, as a top priority in the lending, uh, collateralized lending or having the right rails around lending is hugely important uh, to push the, the, the industry to the next level. Uh, we've, we've got a couple of solutions as well. Uh, with um, with a pledge, um, uh, pledge solution whereby everything is is the, the borrower the lender coming uh, into a tri-party type of solution and um, the 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 collateral and the cash is sitting within our trust 
um, that's also powerful and then you combine that with your um, liquidity and that's that's becoming huge again yeah i mean a lot of it comes back to the same thing as we all keep saying isn't it it's 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 more about um counterparty risk etc etc and mitigating that risk as much as you can and again this is where clearloop is quite powerful it's not just about mitigating risk versus exchanges it enables lenders to lend in a, in a much more um considered way in the sense that they know that those assets if they're lent into a clearloop type structure are, are much safer than they would be if you're lending them to somebody who's just going to deliver them up to an exchange so you know, everybody within the industry, and, and probably more importantly, the regulators globally, that, that crypto can operate in a grown-up uh, grown way. So, so yes, we, we see that as a hugely important step in the right direction. That sort of leads me on to um, sort of another topic, and, and that is uh, regulatory um, things. David, why don't you tell us about Bybit's sort of regulatory stances and path forward and, and, and what you're looking at? Okay, sure. Uh, I think Bybit is... a uh one of the uh, most uh, uh, pioneer, uh, pioneering firms in the crypto, among the crypto exchanges that is embracing uh, uh, regulation. And uh, we are trying to uh, be compliant uh, with regulation in the areas and the countries we're operating. So for my own uh, areas of responsibility, like I mentioned before, uh, all the products are provided by external market makers. Uh, we don't have any like an internal trading desk. And uh, we are trying to be uh, as compliant with regulation as possible. And I think we believe by doing that way, we will keep the pricing competitive. And we are also following the company's uh, regulatory requirement. Like this year, we, uh, for the earned product, we withdraw from Hong Kong. And uh, uh, for, the, for the company as a whole, we are also getting license. We have already got license in UAE and the Netherlands. We're compliant with the local regulation, with the product we're offering, and also the, the maximum leverage. Great. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's clearly an important topic for everybody involved in the space to keep getting as many licenses and regulatory uh, uh, authorities as you possibly can. And, and, and obviously, with you guys moving to Dubai, as many other exchanges are and, and industry participants, I mean, we really see the, the UAE as a region of growth for that, for that sort of topic. Um, and, and we will probably be doing something very similar soon as well. Um, so why don't we sort of conclude with, with what um, sort of projects you have coming up, your roadmap and your thoughts ahead for 2023 and, and beyond, or the rest of 23 and beyond? Yeah, I think uh, uh, as, a, as a firm, maybe we'll continue to build during the, the market, no matter whether it's... Uh, it's a bull market or bear market. Although the market is still slowly recovering, we're making very aggressive moves in terms of a new product. So I previously mentioned a few of our upcoming projects. So in this quarter and the quarter after, we're actually releasing a lot of new product. First is the RWA assets. So that will be coming out this quarter. And the second is a structured product. The first one will be uh, coming out this week, actually. And we will have a, a full suite of offerings uh, in the next few months. And the third is uh, we will have an upgraded version of fund pool. We will become uh, the, uh, the fund of fund and the supermarket for the uh, individual funds. So uh, I, I'm very excited to, to, to see uh, this product uh, coming out. And we will release the information uh, when in the due course. 
And uh, for the roadmap uh, uh, as a whole, uh, the Bybit financial product side, we will be uh, offering the product across the spectrum. Uh, we will be uh, uh, primarily providing product to our VIP clients, but we also have uh, uh, various uh, products that are suitable for the retail clients. And also the institutional clients are also uh, are using some of our product for their like, uh, treasury and uh, money man management. Do you just, um, I'm very curious to understand a little bit more of these fund of fund type of structure that you, you were referring to and how is that going to work in terms of liquidity, in terms of strategy, strategies? Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on that front, Dave? Sure. Uh, for the current product, uh, because we want to reduce the counterparty risk and to avoid the things that happened last year, so the market maker who are providing the fund product, they will trade only on Bybit platform. And uh, they are using the, uh, the platform's own liquidity uh, to deploy their strategies and generate a return. So by doing that way, the client's uh, asset will be always safe and uh, they will not take any counterparty risk. But in the future, I think uh, with the uh, couple solution in place, uh, we may think of some uh, cross-venue uh, opportunity for this fund. Uh, so by doing this uh, clear loop solutions, I think if the, the fund managers, they have the uh, strategy in other exchanges, we will have a better risk control system in place and the clients will have a, a better return and the more diversified uh, strategy. Sounds great. Absolutely. We'd love to do that. I mean, for us, why don't we just talk about what we're planning? I mean, at, at the moment, we are continuing to build out the Clearly Peak system. You know, we have eight exchanges live today. That hopefully will be 12 by, I would say, by the middle of Q1 next year, um, possibly larger. We're still working on integrating some other exchanges or still in deep negotiation with some of the, the other large participants in the market. Yeah. Um, and we just see that as, as a crucial part of market infrastructure to enable... You know, any institutional investor get involved in this space. I mean, as I referred to before, frankly, any hedge fund should be using an off-exchange settlement solution at this point. Otherwise, they're going to really struggle to raise any capital. Um, um, yeah, well, and the, the other thing is that we're working on the risk side of things. I think it's right now, we mentioned that we are settling every four hours. We, we're even, we've got a lot of clients asking for even shorter settlement windows, so... Uh, hopefully we will have the chance to, to go down to two hours at, um, soon. Uh, and the other thing that we're working is we're trying, we're working on enhancing our stress testing methodology. This is the way that you know, uh, the exchanges, uh, you guys are posting collateral to the, the trust. And this is something that we're trying to enhance and add a little bit more um, uh, um, buffers around volatility um, and again, super helpful for everybody who's uh, an institution who is willing to get into the, the ecosystem. And David, what about your thoughts on the market? What do you make of um, the current state of the market? You know, things that obviously that the narrative change around the Bitcoin spot ETF, the protect the halving next year, etc. Do you believe in all this stuff? Uh, yeah, I think the market always needs a narrative. So this year, I think the the overall macro environment is still a bit challenging for uh, crypto. Although the price is recovered a little bit, but we can see the uh, altcoin uh, is actually doing not that well. Uh, the major coins like uh, Bitcoin and ETH recovered quite a bit compared to last year. 
But overall speaking, the market is still uh, going through a very uh, low volatility and a low volume period. I think uh, if my memory is correct, uh, September was probably the lowest volume and the lowest volatility month over the past four years. I think uh, uh, the, the market is still uh, uh, struggling a little, little bit, but uh, given the Federal Reserve is uh, close to end of hiking interest rate, I think uh, the worst period is behind us. And uh, we are seeing a lot of new and interesting projects and uh, uh, builders coming out in, the, in this uh, market environment. We will probably see some uh, sentiment coming back uh, next year, especially with the Bitcoin halving. Let's hope so. Frankie, thoughts on the market? Um, similar to Dave, I think you know, um, we, we need a little bit of a macro improvement. Um, hopefully, you know, I also believe that um, the, the, the peak of the interest rates, it's, um, it's, it's over and that's going to help people um, to, um, to get back into the industry and the volume is going to improve and hopefully the, the volatility is going to improve as well. Um, I think also with regards to um, altcoins, I'm not sure if we're going to see you know, the full spectrum as we, we have had like a couple of years ago. Hopefully, you know, um, some of the altcoins are going to uh, do better, but I'm not sure if every everything is going to um, go back up. Well, it's the changing nature of the market, isn't it? And, and I think there's, I, I, you know, my personal view is, is narrative is obviously very important. I don't actually think in itself... Uh, the approval of a spot Bitcoin ETF changes a great deal. Um, you know, it, that product should be available anyway, quite frankly. I mean, you look at the recent ETH Futures ETFs that were all approved and started trading. I mean, the, the, it's been extremely underwhelming, to say the least. Now, I know it's not the same product, but um, it, it speaks to me more about narrative that it's not like the ETF is going to be approved and the price is going to double. I just that That's not going to happen. Um, and similarly for the halving, I mean, uh, you know, the halving to me is a... Is a crypto narrative which doesn't hold a great deal of weight um, for those from outside the space. But if it drives retail, if it drives the current participants, then then all the better. Um, because I'm also very firm that in order for those on the sidelines to come into this space, they need price appreciation. Bitcoin and Ethereum need to go up in price because it's FOMO that makes asset managers and everyone else sit up and take notice. Um, and hopefully we'll see a bit of that as we get into 2024. And as Dave said, I think you always need a narrative, right? So that it is important, especially for the retail business. As always, we appreciate you tuning into Coppercasts. Follow us on Twitter for regular updates using the handle at CopperHQ. And if you want to get in touch or appear as a guest on the next Coppercast, email us at marketing at copper.co.